Greetings and welcome to the Mount Calvary Nation podcast hosted by Mount Calvary Baptist Church in Dayton, Ohio, where our pastor is the Reverend S.N. Winston Jr. We thank you for joining us and hope that this episode blesses you. Good morning, saints. How's everybody feeling today? everyone had a blessed week this week. Continue to be safe. Uh, scripture this morning will be coming from Psalms 139. You will stand. <coughs> Verses 1 through 14. O Lord, thou hast searched me and knoweth me. Thou hast known my down downings and mine uprisings. Thou understand my thoughts afar off. Thou compresses my path and my lying down. And art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knoweth it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before, and laid thy hand upon me. Such knowledge <clears throat> to whom wonderful for me is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot obtain it. Whether shall I go? from thy spirit or whether shall I flee from thy presence if I ascend up into heaven thou art there if I make my bed in hell behold thou art there if I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea even there shall I find thy hand lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness heatheth not from thee, but thy night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both like to thee. For thou hast possessed my reign, Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelously are thy works, and, I, and that my soul knoweth right well. I've read Psalms 139, verses 1 through 14. Father, we just say thank you for today. Thank you for allowing us to see another day. Father, thank you for all the lives that you have touched and for the lives that you are wanting to touch if they just seek you. Thank you, Father, for the families that come out to 
learn more about you so that they can be a blessing to others, Father. We thank you for the shepherd of this flock that brings your word to us, not just on Sundays, but during the week, Father, that we can be who you want us to be, to learn more about you, Father, to be more like you. We thank you, Father. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you. Lord, touch the hearts of the ones that would love to be here. Touch the ones that are sick and can't make it. Touch all the hearts and souls, Father. For you know everyone. You made us, Father. You created this world. And you know our goings and comings. So, Father, we just say thank you. Thank you for allowing us to see another day of yours, Father. Teach us so that we can do your will, Father. Not our will, but yours. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray and give all honor and glory. Amen. morning everyone praise the Lord yes praise the Lord for this is the day that the Lord has made and what are we gonna do we're gonna rejoice and be glad in it this is what Psalm I'm sorry this is what Isaiah 60 says arise shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and the deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. Yes. For the Gentiles shall come to your light, and the kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see. For they all gather together, they come to you. Your sons shall come from afar, and your daughters shall be nursed at your side. Then you shall see and become radiant, and your heart shall swell with joy, because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Arise and shine. For the glory of the Lord is upon you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give God's praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For he is good. He is great. He is marvelous. And he deserves all of our praise. Let the glory of the Lord rise among us. 
Let the glory of the Lord rise among us and let the praises of our King rise among us. Let it rise. Let the song of the Lord rise among us. Let the song of the Lord rise among us and let the praises of our King Rise among us, let it rise. Oh, let it rise. Oh, let it rise.
Let everything that's breathing praise the Lord. What a mighty, mighty God we serve who is worthy of all praise. You may be seated. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you. We are blessed beyond measure just to be back together again. I'm blessed just to see you, Ms. Roma. <laughs> awesome. God has been good to us. He has kept us through another week. I say it all the time. He has provided for every single need in our lives. There's not one single thing that we've needed that we've had to go without. And the evidence of that is that we're sitting here right now. What a privilege. What a blessing. Welcome to those who are here in the sanctuary with us, those uh, who are here physically in the building worshiping. We're glad that you've chosen to worship with us. We don't take that lightly. Uh, both members and friends, uh, those who, are, who consider themselves a part of the Mount Calvary Nation and those who are visiting, we're glad you're here. And those who are worshiping with us online still, uh, the majority of, uh, of those who worship with us are doing it virtually. We thank God for the technology that allows us to worship together and for the people behind the technology who make it possible each week for us to be together virtually. Let me... Um, say a few things here in this part of the worship experience uh, and then the choir will lead us further. We will reschedule the outdoor service um, prayerfully in such a way where we're not threatened by rain. Um, you don't want to see your pastor trying to run off that uh, platform out there into the building. Um, so just keep an ear out for that. We'll, we'll be outside and, uh, and it probably won't be so hot either. Jasmine Martin Page, are you here today? There you are, right in front of me. Uh, Jasmine has been on the dean's list every semester since she started at the University of Cincinnati. And she will be graduating from the University of, Cin of Cincinnati in just a couple months here in December. What are you graduating with? Your associates in early childhood education. That's what's up. Great. We are proud of you. Congratulations. And where's your family, Miss Jasmine Martin Page? Congrats to you all. Congrats. Good. Uh, would Would you join me in prayer for uh, for uh, Miss Roma and her family? Uh, her brother Donovan passed um, in Georgia. And uh, I don't I don't know arrangements yet, but would you keep let's keep that family in our prayers? Would you do that? I do want to make you aware uh, that the city of Trotwood is looking for new police officers, um, but there are a couple of things that you have to do. The application process starts with testing. Uh, through the National Testing Networks. 
Um, and this Wednesday, September 1st, at 2 o'clock p.m. and 6 o'clock p.m., uh, there will be um, testing at Sinclair Community College. This Wednesday at 2 o'clock p.m. and 6 o'clock p.m., um, you can call the Trotwood Police Department at 854-7204. Um, or you can reach out to K Adams, that's the letter K Adams at trotwood.org. Or you can reach out to uh, Chief Wilson, and his email is E Wilson, that's the letter E Wilson at trotwood.org. Uh, if you think you may be interested, um, they are establishing a civil service eligibility list. And so you've got to go ahead and take that test to start that process. Mount Calvary is looking for a part-time treasurer, for a part-time treasurer. Anybody who's interested um, in the uh, position, um, let's see. Um, it says review the job description. I think that's on the website. I believe that's on the church's website. Um, if you have any questions, you can email C Hall Mount Calvary, C Hall M T C A L V A R Y at gmail.com. Uh, resumes and applications are due by Tuesday, September the 7th. All right? Or you can call the church 268 67 Three, seven. Uh, men, I do want to make you aware of the Ohio Baptist General Convention's Henry Joseph workshop that is for men who are not preachers. Uh, that workshop is going to take place on September the 11th. Um, I'm told that women are also welcome to register, uh, but it is a men's event. Mount Calvary will pay uh, the registration. All you have to do is uh, is let us know that you want to go. Is Brother Wortham? Uh, Brother Wortham is standing in the back. Deacon Wortham, you can make sure that he knows uh, that you intend to go um, to the Henry Joseph workshop on September 11th. I want us to support for two reasons. For one, uh, because Mount Calvary is an important part of the Ohio Baptist General Convention. Secondly. Um, the Henry Joseph workshop is named for the husband of one of our members, Mrs. Betty Joseph. Uh, he served as the president of the statewide layman, and uh, he has gone home to be with the Lord, but this workshop is in his honor, and certainly I would like for us to support it. Speaking of OBGC, uh, the second week in October, the Ohio Baptist General Convention will be held here in Dayton at the Shiloh Baptist Church. Uh, but I want to give you a heads up. Part of that is a, uh, a presidential banquet, which will occur on that Tuesday. That's October the 12th at 6.30 p.m., and it will occur at the Mount Enon Baptist Church on 3rd Street. Tuesday, October 12th, 6.30 at Mount Enon. Um, the tickets will be available soon. Um, they, those tickets will be $50 for adults, $25 for children under 10. 
more than likely by the end of this week, those tickets will be available. You can call the church uh, if you want to reserve yours. Our banquet speaker this year is going to be the new president of Central State, uh, Dr. Jack Thomas, as we are hoping to establish a strong relationship and rapport between the largest and oldest historically black Baptist organization in Ohio and, uh, and the only public HBCU in Ohio, the Central State University. Um, I believe that's it. You can turn over to Revelation chapter 2. That's where we're going to be today. Revelation chapter 2. Uh, the, the choir is going to lead us further in worship and then we will head into our study for the day.
beauty of holiness. Sing, y'all. Let us worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. chapter 2 Revelation chapter 2 beginning at verse 1 I'm reading from the King James version of the Holy Bible and I believe it will be here on the screen if you don't have your Bible with you unto the church and unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write these things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works, and thy labor, and thy patience, 
and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars, and hast borne, and hast patience, and for my name's sake hast labored and hast not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. But this thou hast, that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Verses 1 through 7 of Revelation chapter 2. You may be seated. The book of Revelation was written by John, the last surviving of the twelve. By now he's an old man and he is in exile on the isle, on the island of Patmos. He has been banished there by Roman authorities because he won't stop preaching Jesus. He keeps on faithfully preaching the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And so while he is in Ephesus encouraging the saints, he is arrested and gets sent off to an island. And it is here on this island that the Lord gives him this revelation of Jesus Christ. As John MacArthur puts it, revelation is first and foremost a revelation about Jesus Christ. The book depicts him as the risen, glorified Son of God ministering among the churches, as the faithful witness firstborn from the dead and the ruler over the kings of the earth as the alpha and the omega the beginning and the end as the one who is and was and who is to come the almighty as the first and the last as the son of man as the one who was dead but now is alive forevermore as the son of God as the one who is holy and true as the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God, as the lion of the tribe of Judah, as the lamb in heaven with authority to open the title deed to the earth, as the lamb on the throne, as the Messiah who reigns forever, as the word of God, as the majestic king of kings and lord of lords returning in glorious splendor to conquer his foes as the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. Jesus reveals himself to us through the apostle John with his hair like wool, with his eyes like fire, and his feet like brass. 
and he stands with the seven stars in his right hand, which we, which we find out uh, at the end of the first chapter are the angels, the pastors, the bishops of the seven churches, which are in Asia Minor, which is modern-day Turkey. And he stands in the midst of the seven candlesticks, which we find out at the end of chapter 1, are the, the represent the seven churches themselves and the lord tells john write what i'm showing you and he proceeds to give john specific letters to each one of the churches and it's those letters that we are that we are going to study over the next several weeks the letters that are written specifically to those churches but prophetically, practically, and personally to the universal church for all time. That's us. There is a word for the church of 2021, for the church at Dayton, for the church at Mount Calvary. I know I'm in the word because each of the letters contains these words, he that hath an ear. Let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. And that's really what I want to preach from for, for a little while today. And um, sorry that you didn't get a shout in earlier. <laughs> you probably won't get one in now either. But I want to preach from this subject. He that hath an ear, let him hear. We'll look at the, the, the first letter, the letter to the church at Ephesus, if we will listen, the Lord has something to say to the Mount Calvary Missionary Baptist Church from each of these letters. If we will listen, the Lord has something to say to us from each of these letters. Let's dive in and see what the Spirit says. There are some things that we need to understand going into this. Uh, here is how the Lord's instruction goes. Are you ready for this? He, he starts out the instruction like this. Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus. Stop right there. I want you to notice to whom the message from the Lord is directed. It is directed to the angel of the church. And that word angel in the original text simply means the messenger, the one who brings the message from God. And Bible scholars who are smarter than I, Greek scholars who know more than I, tell us by implication that is the pastor, the bishop of the church. The Lord sends his, me his message to the congregation of believers through what he refers to as the angel of the church. The one held in his hand. Listen, brothers and sisters, I know, I recognize it's 2021 and everybody has a word. I get it. And everybody feels like they know the direction for their church. But we cannot negate the fact that the general direction for the Lord's church from the Lord is directed to God's appointed leader in that church. I'll say again, I don't write this stuff, I just report it. 
I am not trying to puff myself up or exalt the pastor. As a matter of fact, it is really sobering because if the messenger doesn't give the whole message from the one who is sending the message, if the one charged with leading doesn't lead in the direction that the owner of the church is directing, then that one, then that falls on the head of that leader and that is an unspeakable weight. Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus. To understand some of the things that are spoken to this church, we need to examine the city. Let me share a few back, a few facts about the ancient city of Ephesus. We've looked at it a little bit as we were studying the book of Acts. Uh, Ephesus was important in those days for a few reasons. First of all, it was located on the Castor River just a few miles from the Aegean Sea, and ships came to Ephesus from everywhere. It was a major port city. They would bring their goods and their wealth. As a matter of fact, Ephesus was the wealthiest city city, the richest city in Asia Minor in Asia Minor in its day. It was important uh, because of past sermon past service, pardon me, to the Empire of Rome. Ephesus was granted the right to rule itself, to be a free city. They governed themselves. It was allowed to thrive on its own. It was also important because it was home to the temple uh, to the go goddess. Artemis or Diana. You all remember us talking about that. Uh, if you remember from our study of the book of Acts, this temple was there, considered to be one of the seven wonders of the world. People came from everywhere, and Diana was thought to be the goddess of sex and fertility, and the temple was filled with hundreds of temple prostitutes, and you worshipped Diana by having relations with a temple prostitute. The temple also served as a bank. Uh, people would bring their possessions there for safekeeping. They would bring priceless artwork there. Art from all over the world was housed there in the temple. Uh, it was a refuge for criminals. If you had committed a crime if you could get to the temple of Diana, uh, you would be free from prosecution. Ephesus, as you can tell by that short description, was an incredibly wicked and vile city. It was out of control. And God, by his divine providence, had sent Paul into that wicked, out-of-control city to start a church. And he says, unto the church in this wicked, vile city that is out of control, he said, tell them the one who's sending the message is the one who holds the stars. The one who walks in the middle of the candlesticks. In other words, even though your surroundings are out of control, the one who's still in control is in your midst. My presence is still with the church. Even in a place that is hostile to my people, have no fear because I'm still with you. Ephesus to me sounds a lot like the United States of America. Perhaps the wealthiest country in our day. Everybody wants to buy and sell here. Everybody wants to trade here. And we may not have a physical temple to a sensual goddess. But we as a nation worship everything that is sensual. 
And in the midst of this wicked country, the Lord still has a church and still reminds us that even though everything around us is out of control, I'm still with you. Jesus makes three observations concerning this church at Ephesus. Uh, I'll call it the Ephesian Missionary Baptist Church. And I want to share those three observations with you today. First of all, he illuminates, number one, he illuminates the progress of the church. The progress of the church. Uh, starting at verse 2, looking at verse 3 and verse 6. Uh, Jesus begins his remarks to this church by talking about all that is right with them. He mentions what they're doing well. This church has a lot going for it. And the Lord lets them know that he has seen all the good they're doing in his name. He notes their service. It's in the text. Jesus uses three words to describe the activity of the church. He says, I know your works. Literally, that means your business, uh, that which keeps you occupied. This word speaks of that which is accomplished. I, I know, Jesus says, I know that you all have accomplished much for the glory of the Lord. These people have been working, and Jesus has seen it all. He says, I know your work, I know your labor. The word literally used there is a beating. It speaks of intense work coupled with toil and trouble, your hard work. In other words, uh, this, is, this is not a Sunday morning only crowd. They were actively serving the Lord with great personal expense and great personal sacrifice. They're laboring against Odds. As a matter of fact, he says, I know you're patient. This word speaks of uh, steadfast endurance. It tells us that this church was working in spite of opposition. This was a hard-working church, a busy church. After all, there were souls to save and hungry folks to feed and depressed folks to encourage and children to teach and marriages to strengthen and politicians to pray for and ministries to, to tend and meetings to have and conventions to host and classes to teach and certificates to hand out and buildings to build and family life centers to construct and young men to mentor and young women to train and scholarships to give and baptisms to perform and communion to distribute and sick folks to heal and shut in folks to visit. They were busy. And the Lord sees it all and it's not in vain. He says, I see it. I also see how you don't tolerate evil among you. I see you trying to live separated lives. I see that you won't put up with foolishness in the church of God. These, these people, this church understands uh, that Paul said the strong ought to bear, to be patient with, to put up with the weak. But there is no instruction to put up with false brethren. This Ephesian church understood that in their walk, in their talk, in their dress, in their choices of entertainment, they understood that they were supposed to be different from the world. This Ephesian church had their standards. When people passed through claiming to be men of God, claiming to have been with Jesus, 
claiming to be sent from God, claiming apostolic authority. These people put them to the test and they examined their preaching not for how it made them feel but for how it lined up with the apostles' doctrine. And if it did not line up, they shut it down. They found them to be liars and they didn't listen. Then down in verse 6, they're also commended because of their stand against the Nicolaitans. This, this is believed to be uh, followers of a group, uh, a group of followers of a guy named Nicholas. Some uh, scholars believe that this is one of the original deacons from Acts chapter 6 who has attempted to lead people away from the Lord and into immorality. He preached a doctrine that allowed people to serve the Lord and still live immoral lives. Their teaching didn't renounce Jesus in word, but led its followers to believe that you can call yourself Christian, call yourself saved, claim to belong to Jesus Christ, and still live a raggedy life. Uh, but the Ephesian church refused to allow this false doctrine to exist in their fellowship. The Lord also commends their steadfastness. This is a church that has been carrying the load, enduring affliction, overcoming opposition, laboring to where they are tired, laboring to exhaustion, but have done so without any signs of weariness. They're steadfast, and what they did, they did for the Lord. They're a church that deserves to be commended They've made much progress since they were founded. They are, as Paul instructed, steadfast and unmovable and always abounding in the work of the Lord. Listen, Mount Calvary, there are some things we can learn from the Ephesian church. Would that we were as service-minded as the Ephesian church what would happen if we had the mindset that we are saved to serve and not saved to sit? What would happen if we understood that we are not to be served but to serve? What, what difference, how different would the, would the church be if it functioned less like a religious club whose main focus is celebrating its own religiosity I'm not talking about Mount Calvary I'm talking about the church in general if we were busy working for kingdom purpose preaching the gospel, reaching the unsaved healing the sick, visiting the shut-ins praying for the downtrodden training young people, educating children feeding hungry, clothing the naked sheltering the homeless, building community centers and youth centers we can learn something from this Ephesian Missionary Baptist Church what would happen if we didn't allow any and everybody to say any and everything what would happen if we stopped foolishness when we heard it? What would happen if we sat down preachers who claim to have been with Jesus but whose words don't line up with the apostles' doctrine? 
How different would the church be if we didn't tolerate immoral living instead of making excuses for it? How different would things be if we took a stand against evil, not outside the doors, in the church? Jesus, first of all, illuminates the progress of the Ephesian church. Uh, but not only that, secondly, he lays out the problem in the church. That's number two. He exposes their reality. He has something against them. Yes, they are busy serving him. Yes, they exercise their discernment. Yes, they won't tolerate the foolishness among them. Yes, they fight false teachings. Yes, they work hard. Yes, they endure a lot. Yes, they have patience. But while they look good working for the Lord, there are problems in the heart that must be dealt with. And saints, we need to understand that Jesus sees what we do, but he also sees who we are. He's able to look beneath the surface of busy work. He's able to look beneath the surface of our lives and see the condition of our hearts. When he finds error and sin in our hearts, it grieves him and hinders our ability to enjoy fellowship and blessings. When we allow the wrong kind of things to linger in our hearts, saints, it grieves him. It's not okay. Jesus looks at these people whom he loves and for whom he died. And he tells them, you do all this. You serve. And I see it. But the problem is, you just don't love me like you used to. He tells them, they have left their first love. Mm. They love their church but they don't love him like they used to. They love their doctrine enough to defend it, but they've lost their passion for Jesus. They love their work, but they're not motivated in that work by a passionate love for Jesus. They are busy, but their hearts no longer burn for him. They have lost their passion for the Son of God. They have left their first love. And church, I have a sneaking suspicion that the Ephesians are not the only ones who have this problem. There are many today who are a part of the church of the living God who have left our first love. Oh, we serve and we serve well. We do and we do a lot. But time and busyness have made us walk away from the reason we're so busy in the first place. You know what I'm learning? I am learning that life has, life has a way of distracting us from what really matters. And y'all, I'm, I'm, I'm really just going to talk to us just like this today. Uh, life has a way of distracting us from what really matters. You know it. You, you've probably even experienced it. That husband who is so busy working so he can provide for his wife and his family. But he's so busy 
working to provide that he has no time to spend with them. You know it. You've experienced it. That wife who is so busy being super mom, so busy being super wife, so busy cooking, so busy cleaning, so busy running kids here and there, so busy ironing your shirts, so busy picking out clothes that by the time she gets to her husband, she ain't got nothing else to give. Jesus is saying to the church, you're so busy working for me, so busy doing on my behalf, that you may not even recognize that you've left me. Oh, your body is here, but your heart is far from me. God have mercy. Church, love has to be the motivation. Love for Jesus must be at the center. I told us a few weeks ago, and I don't know if you know how serious a danger it is, but we cannot leave Jesus out of his church. God have mercy. God, have, Listen, we become so busy with the production of worship that we forget to worship. We become so busy with the work of kingdom that we neglect the king. So busy with the labor of love that we neglect our first love. Whether we sing or teach or preach or witness or give if we lose our love for him, if we leave our first love, then our service means nothing at all. I'm not making this stuff up. It's in the word. You know what Paul wrote to the Corinthian church, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Even if I speak in tongues and speak in the language of men, I'm just like a resounding brass. I'm just like a, a resounding gong and a clanging cymbal without love. Even if I can prophesy and tell you all mysteries and have all knowledge, even if I have faith that can move mountains, but don't have love, I ain't got nothing. If I give everything I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but I don't have love, I gain nothing. That's the problem that Jesus points out. Listen, he doesn't have a problem with their busyness. He has a problem with the fact that their business has made them leave their first love. Now notice this, please. He does not tell John to write, you have lost your first love. He has John to write, you have left your first love. Because you lose something by accident. God have mercy. 
but you leave something by choice. You have chosen your work over me. You have chosen your busyness over me. You have chosen to do over me. But can I tell y'all the good news? If you lose something, you don't know where to find it. But if you leave something, you just go back to where you left it. I'm not really preaching today, but if I was, I'd ask you to look over at somebody and tell them, thank God, I have an opportunity to go back to where I left him. God, thank you for grace that allows us to go back and pick up what we left. Thank you for another opportunity to go back and get what we left. Thank you, Lord, that I'm still breathing and can go and make it right. Jesus illuminates the progress of the church. Y'all do a lot. He exposes the problem of the church. You've left your first love. But then thank God he lays out the prescription for the church because he hasn't come to hurt them. He hasn't uh, come to squash them. He has come to help them, to build them up, to get them back. He offers first a word of commendation, right? That's the progress. A word of complaint, that's the problem. But now he speaks a word of correction. He tells them how he can fix that which is wrong in their church. And he tells them you need to do three things. Let me show you these three things and we'll be done. He says, first of all, remember. Jesus calls on these people to look back. He wants them to remember that moment when they came to know him. He wants them to reflect on what he did for them. He wants them to recall all the excitement and the emotion of those early days with him. He wants them to look back to a time when their love for him is what motivated everything they did. Some of us need to remember. There are some of us who have been saved for so long that we have lost the zeal that we used to have in serving him. Don't you remember when you came to Jesus and the weight of your sins was lifted off your heart? Remember when the weight of shame was lifted? Don't you remember when just the mention of his name brought tears to your eyes? Remember when your heart was tender before him? When you couldn't wait to acknowledge his presence? Jesus is saying, don't become satisfied in what is. Well, this is just the way it is after you've been saved as long as I have, I guess. No. Jesus says, remember what was and can be again. That's the first thing you need to do. Remember. And the second thing he says is repent. It's in the text. Don't just remember. When you remember, 
Repent. That word repent speaks of a change of mind that leads to a change of action. Jesus is telling these people they need to repent of the sin of not loving him like they should. They need to search their hearts and change their attitude towards the Lord. The same counsel needs to be heeded by the modern day church, the church of 2021, Mount Calvary. We have allowed everything in the world to come before the Lord. We've put family before him. We've put fun before him. We have put our own pleasure before him. We've put work before him. Do you know what scares me? We've even put church work before him. And we need to repent. We need to get back to the altar and reclaim our love for him, an extravagant love, a love that doesn't care who knows, a love that doesn't care who sees or who's watching. Remember, repent. And then he says the last part of the prescription is return. Return to the first works. They're told to start doing the things they used to do once again. That's the key for their revival and it's the key for us as well. We need to get back to the first works. What are you talking about, Reverend? Here's what I'm talking about. You used to open your Bible every now and then when you weren't just in church. Return to it. There was a time when we didn't have to find time to pray. We used to make time to pray. Return to it. You used to tell anybody who would listen about the goodness of God. Return to it. You used to praise God with everything you've got. With everything you are. It didn't matter who was looking. It didn't matter where you were. It didn't matter who was preaching. It didn't matter who was singing or how you felt or what suit you had on. You were just grateful to be saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost. Return to it. Today, church, we need to get before him today and ask him to show us the way back. There are times when sermons end in our culture, right? It's there. I, I tell I tell uh, people all the time there is nothing like the American black church experience, right? It's part of who we culturally are. And there are times when the musicians get on the instruments at the end of sermon and we end with rejoicing. But today is one of those times where the musicians do need to get on the instruments. That's your, that's your cue. <laughs> but it's not for rejoicing. It's for repenting. 
It's for turning back. It's for changing our mindset so that our actions follow that change of mind. See, when it's about changing our actions first, then we change the way we act in front of people. But when we change our mindset first, then our actions will follow the change of mindset. It's like this. You know you've been trying to lose that last stubborn 100 pounds. (laughs) Right? And so we change our actions. We do what's right in front of people. Right? When somebody else is around, we have a salad and a Diet Coke. But if the mind doesn't change first, then when nobody else around, we'll eat the whole bag of candy corn. Right? When nobody sees us, we'll slide through the Wendy's drive-thru if our mind's not changed. And so, saints, we need the Lord to change our minds so that we won't just be busy for him. And listen, it's great to be busy for the Lord. We should be busy for the Lord. Just we shouldn't be worshiping the busyness. Right? So that we don't worship the ministry over the one that we're ministering for. Yeah? So we don't worship the worship, but we worship the one we're worshiping. We don't worship the preaching or the preacher. We worship the one who's preached about. And Jesus says, if we will listen, he says, you've left your first love, but the good news is you're still breathing. And so you have an opportunity to go back to where you left it and pick it up again. How wonderful is our Savior. You must examine, and those of you who are watching, I want you to do the same. You must examine because only you know what's going on in you. And if something has, has shifted, if something's just not the same in your relationship with him, if you, are, if you are getting further and further from him and it's becoming easier and easier, because the longer you drift, the easier it is to keep on moving. And you know if you need to say to the Lord today, God, I'm yours. And I love doing for you. And I love working for you. And I love serving you. But more than I love all that, I love you. Don't let me do from a distance. I want to be right up close to you. Here's how the Hymnologists put it. What key is that? C sharp, that's a good key. It says, I am thine, O Lord. I have heard thy voice, and it told thy love to me. I long to rise in the arms of faith and be closer 
drawn to thee. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to the cross where thou hast died. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to thy precious bleeding side. Anybody in here who knows and you're not ashamed of it, who knows you need to be nearer to him? Anybody watching who knows that you need to be nearer to him, that you want, you want the, the fire back in that relationship with him, you want, you, you, you want to return to your first love, we are going to tell him today. And you know what, his, you know what the Bible says? If you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. I won't see you coming and stand afar off. I'll see you coming and I'll head to where you are. If that's you today, if, if that's you, would you just tell him, Lord, I just want to be close to you again. Come on, tell him, draw me nearer. Draw me nearer. Tell him, I repent. I, I repent. I'm, I'm done trying to do for you without you. I repent. And I haven't given the invitation yet. I'm going to get to you in just a minute if you don't know Jesus. I'm talking to people who know him, who already know Jesus. People who know where you're going to spend eternity. You're saved. You know you're saved. Sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. But you're far from him. Come to church every week. Serve on every committee, on every ministry you know how to do. And still far from him. I am a living witness. You can be seated on the organ, directing the choir, preaching in the pulpit, and still far from him. But today he says, come on back. Come on back. So if that's you or if that's your neighbor, just sing it with me. Sing it. Just to be close to you. Come on, lift your hands and sing to him if you can. Come on, from your heart, tell him just to be close to you. That's my desire. God, take me back just to be close to you. You said when I draw near to you, you'll draw near to me. Just to be close to you. I'm returning to my first love. Just to be close to you. That's my desire. Is my desire. Father, we pray as a congregation because we hear your call to remember to repent and to return we come confessing to you that we've been busy with kingdom work we've been doing everything we know how to do in these last and evil days we have been trying to work for you Lord sheltering a homeless feeding the hungry educating children giving out scholarships 
visiting the sick and shut in refuting false doctrine praying for politicians Lord we're doing everything we know how to do spreading the gospel you've seen our work you've seen what we've been doing in your name but we hear you Lord that you have somewhat against us that we have left our first love that we've been doing out of obligation rather than out of love doing because it's what we're supposed to and not out of love have mercy on us forgive us cleanse us and restore us God we want to return to our first love today return to you where we're not worshipping the church where we're not worshipping the pastor we're not worshipping the ministries we're not worshipping what we do we want to worship you and you alone change our minds change our minds and let our actions follow right now Lord we present our bodies a living sacrifice holy and acceptable it really is just our reasonable service considering what you've done for us bring us back Lord renew the fire renew the fire within us burn within our hearts Lord in the name of Jesus and for your glory alone let all the saints who agree with that prayer shout amen, amen. and give God some kind of praise for hearing us when we pray Just to be close to you, just to be close to you. Just to be close to you. Yes, Lord, just to be close to you. It's my desire. It's my desire. One more time, sing, just to be close. I just want to be close to you, Lord. That's my heart's desire. Now listen, that letter Jesus wrote to the church. Jesus instructed John to write to the church. Y'all can come on. He instructed John to write to the church. That was to the people who already believed. But I got to tell you, even if you're not already a part of his church, I've got good news for you. God loved the world so much. That's everybody without exception. God loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son, his unique one-of-a-kind son that's Jesus Christ to die 
so that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That is good news. Listen, he didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but so that the world through him might be saved. That's good news, y'all. And here's what the Bible says. Here's how you do it. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you shall be saved. You don't have to wonder where you're going to spend eternity. And listen, all of us are going to spend eternity somewhere. But you can know where you're going to spend eternity. If you're here today and you're not sure you're saved, not sure you're a part of his church, would you just slip your hand up? Uh, somebody will come to you and minister to you and you can know you're saved today. If you're not sure you're saved, not sure of where you're going to spend eternity I know we clean up well but everybody in here who's saved had to come through the same blood of Jesus Christ if you're at home you're in your car wherever you are if you're watching right now and you know you're not saved you're not sure you're saved would you send us a message put it in the chat something somebody will contact you very shortly so that we can show you how the Bible says you can be saved and know where you're going to spend all eternity. Everybody then is saved? All right, good. If you're here and you're saved, you know where you're going, but you know you belong in the Mount Calvary Church family. If the Lord is telling you that this needs to be your church home, would you raise your hand so that uh, somebody can come to you and give you some information? You're already saved, but you know the Lord wants you here. Same thing for those of you who are joining us virtually. If that's you, send us a message. Put it in the chat. We'll find it. And we'll contact you this afternoon and share with you some things you need to know. Everybody then in here at least is saved and is where you know, the, where you, know you belong. Then let the church say amen. So be it. So be it. Good. We're on our way somewhere, church. We are on our way somewhere. We cannot rest on what we have been or where we have been. Jesus is calling us higher and we are going. Somebody shout amen. We're going. Good. We're going to be here in Revelation for the next few weeks. Y'all come on. I'm sure at some point we'll get to rejoice in all of it. God is doing something great and we're just grateful to be a part of it. Brother Page is going to come and, uh, and close us out and tell us what to do. God bless you. Wasn't that a word from the Lord? He just said we need to put God back where he needs to be. Not just on his throne, but in our hearts, in our minds, in our actions, in the way we love, the way we act. Boy, that's a message. It's greatly needed right now. It's really needed right now.
Uh, the deacons will be in the back for those that want to put their uh, gift in their hands. And then they'll be outside for the ones that are going to drive by. They'll be out there for a little while. They'll drive by and put your gift in there. Give me just a second. Brother Boone, Mount Calvary's own, right? He's about to be 65 tomorrow. How about that? Brother Daniel had a birthday too this week. Uh, I think he's about 17. guess that was a drop drop the mic sermon today too all right anyway uh there are two ways to give there's giveify you can tap give and, and it's done and then there's cash app <clears throat> which is dollar sign mtc a l m b c and then that that be done Boy, I just thinking about what Pastor said today. Hmm. We need to put him back in our hearts. That's a powerful message. Ooh. Mm. So easy to drift away. Think we got it all together. Hmm. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. That can we just stand for benediction, please? And after benediction, please stay in your seats, and the ushers will escort, uh, direct you out. And Mountain Media has a short video. Yes, yes, yes. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling, present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. The only wise God, our Savior, glory and dominion and power, both now and forever. Let the church say amen. Everyone have a blessed week. Be safe, y'all. Thank you for your continued generosity. Your financial contributions help to transform lives, to reveal the glory of God's kingdom. For your convenience, you can use the Giveify app on your smartphone the Cash App. Or if you're in the Dayton, Ohio area, you may drop off your contribution at the Mount Calvary Church at the address shown. Thank you for worshiping virtually with us today. We look forward to being able to worship together in person soon. Until then, in the words of Pastor Sam, just live.